0: Greetings there, travelers. Welcome back to the end of the Seven Dice. Come on inside and get out of that rain. I tell you, travelers, if it's not snowing, it's damn raining. I got all this brand new patio equipment and I don't even feel like I can use it. It's damn frustrating, I'll tell you that much. Anyways, arm's right over there waiting for you. Oh,
1: greetings air travelers. It's me, Wingover Gimble, famous name, bad. You're probably saying, Oh, Wingover, you're looking extra fancy today. And I would tell you, hmm, I am. Matter of fact, I got this brand new hat. I'm so glad you noticed, I know you can't actually really speak while we're talking but I'm going to pretend you noticed and that's what you commented on because I spent a fair amount of gold on it and I think if you purchase something nice for yourself, it's okay to talk about it, you spent money, you're allowed, actually if anything, you're obligated. Alright travellers, where do we leave off? We had quite the interesting tale following our two new companions. You see, traveling into South India, it's talking to us about a certain something. Maybe a certain instrument, dear travelers? Yes, that's right, we're having a good old-fashioned backstory episode. But also, it's a look into the future. What a strange twist of events. But I don't want to give away too much. This is Ronnie's time to shine. Uh, now, you which, we asked a person to come in here for... The Battle Bards. What the hell is that? Travelers, I locked the door. They're not allowed in. You're probably wondering, but Wingover, what was it? Nope, 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 nope. They're not coming in. Not happening. Go over to BattleBards.com. Amazing sound effects, fantastic music, all sorts of wonderful things. They have Gnome Revelry, which takes me back to my glory days back in Bardic College. All sorts of wonderful music from the Gnomish people. They have all sorts of explosions. You have spaceships. They have all sorts of amazing things going on. Head on over to BattleBards.com for those fantastic sound effects. And I refuse to let that intern in here. I will not speak of what they are. I refuse. The door is locked. That's right, Michael. No patrons are coming in. Anyways, travelers... We do not have any fan mail today, a little bit sad, but if you feel like sending us in some, um, head on over to the iTunes, leave us one of those good reviews, talk to us, or head on over to the Twitter, send us a message at Ballad7Dice, or we even have the PodChase Air, where you can leave a review on there if you'd like. It's a lot easier than iTunes. All right, travelers, I don't want to yap your ear off any longer than I have to. I present to you, The Ballad of Celindia Part 2.
2: Hi, uh, my name is Umberto. I'm playing Pink
3: Bubblegum, uh, The Transformed. I am Diana. I am playing Allison, who is an outsider. Uh, I am the DM and producer of Multiclass Theater, another Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Now in our second season.
0: Alright, last time our two heroes had just went to school, dealt with, you know, classic teenage woes, like your body is acting weird, it's hard to fit in, (laughs) and you're being attacked by people who are obsessed with the economy. Classic teenage things. After defeating the capitalism and tax boy, you went off and had a pretty solid heart-to-heart while you're wandering through the streets of Sylindia, and as night slowly started to creep in, you felt the call, this drum echoing through your mind more and more and more to the point where it was physically affecting you. You were feeling the vibrations through your body drawing you back to this school. And seeing that Tax Boy had turned this whole classroom completely into gold, you felt as the structural integrity of the floor gave way, and you fell, falling, plummeting into this darkness, and the drums were getting louder and louder, affecting your powers as you fell. And while you're falling through this darkness, you're looking over at each other, just catching glimpses as this bioluminescent moss is splattered here and there on the walls of this strange tunnel you fall and suddenly it opens up into this massive cavern and you hit right into this cool water and the drums quiet down a little bit and you feel like you've gained control of yourselves once more
2: well what I was going to try to try to do was um, like extend myself and try to reach out like because I don't know what's down there right Mm. so I will try to to stick to, like, the walls and grab her.
0: While you're trying to control your bubblegum, uh-huh. it just seems like your skeleton's reaching out. But, like, it's, it's <laughs> at one point, it's actually horrifying. This skeletal hand pierces through the <laughs> bubblegum and then, like, gets dragged back in. And it just seems like you, while you were falling and the drums were so loud, you just didn't have control of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time this has happened to either of you where you couldn't really do much. But then when you splash into this water, it kind of, like... Shocked you, and your control of your powers came once more. Your eyes slowly adjust as you look around. This massive cavern has these uh, splotches of this bioluminescent moss that kind of lights up this place as if it was a nighttime city. A very small speck of light can actually be seen high up above. More than likely, it's the hole from where you fell from. Looking around you, the soft glow is spread out. And you actually realize that you're in a swimming pool. There is pool furniture, really cheap plastic pool furniture littered around, but it looks very, very old. It's plastic, so it did not decompose. Thank you, environment. And it just looks like this whole place, though, like there's a lot of algae in this pool. There's the stonework and everything has started to crumble. You see, like, even behind you, like, connected to this pool is, like, a, a mansion, but it's been completely collapsed in on itself.
3: You know, this is going to sound really weird, but this kind of reminds me of home. Why? Oh, um, we have a pool?
4: That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, so if that's the case, sort of reminds me, like, of home as well. It's the lake.
2: Oh. <laughs> so I'll just stay in the water for just like, cause I like stay in the water, because like if you like mm. go floaty, you know.
0: Yeah, you're definitely floating.
3: I'm going to hop up on my desk.
0: You uh, your desk expands. as You hop on onto it, and you can get a little bit more of a vantage. You actually see now that you're on a little bit of a hill, that looks over what must have once been a bustling town of entertainment. A number of rotted buildings that are barely standing this cave are littered everywhere. You see signs that once held gaudy colors are now covered in moss and other creeping vines, some just fallen apart and faded. You see, there's a pretty clear road leading from this pool and dilapidated mansion into the town you can just see, like, it every now and then there's maybe even, like, a flickering neon sign that, like, spurts up for a few minutes in the town, and then flickers out.
2: So, does it have, like, an indication of, I don't know, like, of time? You know, like, if, if there is mm. I don't know, maybe like, a billboard with a date, or like, newspapers like, close by?
0: Why don't you roll and assess the situation? Let's see if you can see some stuff.
2: Okay, so I got a three. a
0: potential. Uh, and you are looking around at your. you're having a hard time getting out of this pool. You keep slipping back. You're, like, dragging more of the pool furniture into the <laughs> pool as you're, like, trying to desperately get out of it. And you're starting to actually feel pretty panicked in here.
3: How wide is the pool?
0: The pool is, uh, like, maybe 15 feet wide. Uh, another... 15 feet across so it's like a square
3: okay uh so i'm going to move forward slightly on my disc and then hop off it onto the the pool edge and then i'm going to send it back to help uh pink bubblegum get out okay
2: so i just hop like onto the disc and i start <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know just like
0: yeah, you start paddling yeah, paddling. Your way back. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and then and then I move it forward since I can control it telepathically. I just <laughs> I move into the side of the pool.
0: The two of you are now out of this pool, the the vicious monster of a pool. And this town it you can hear like the odd sound of like maybe something falling off a building and hitting the ground, but there's just a dead silence in this place. You can still faintly hear the drum, but it's back to being
4: faint.
3: What do you suppose that was?
4: I don't know. Like, I completely lost control of my powers when we were, like, falling down. I felt like the drum's getting stronger, but I have no idea what it is.
3: Yeah, I had the same thing. Like, I kept trying to call my disc, but I couldn't. Like, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't obey me.
4: It's sort of like I've heard like a screech. It was, wasn't like, was odd.
3: Oh um oh yeah um that that may have been me. Um so there's like one or two things that like I haven't told you. Um. Did you ever watch a show called Eternal Love?
4: Not that I can recall.
3: Okay, but did you hear about, like, what happened on, like, the third season? There was this girl, she, like, got to the end, and then on, like, citywide television, like, revealed herself to be a giant insect. I've heard,
4: I think, yeah. I've heard somebody I mean, you,
3: talk about them. You probably have seen the clip on the internet, like, it's got like a billion views. Oh. Uh, yeah, um, I, how do I say this? Um, yeah, that, that was, that was me.
4: It was... but you are like a normal girl, right? I mean, with psionic powers, yeah. clearly
3: super high-tech. Okay, like, don't freak out. And then then I roll my eyes. (laughs) Your eyes roll back and then flip back. (laughs) Like, horizontally. You see her start to shift her shape in front of you. And the... Tall girl turns into an even taller insectoid with antennae and clacking mandibles and praying mantis type uh, forearms. So yeah, this is like what I really look like. It's just like she already like <laughs> Exactly.
4: <laughs> oh you do look strong.
3: And well, that's all that matters. <laughs> Thank you, BG. I, I I appreciate that. I'm
4: You're yours to you, right? I mean
3: Oh yeah, I'm still me. am yeah, just like, you know, I'm like silly and goofy, and you know but like, yeah, like a, I kinda got this whole other thing going on.
4: I don't see I don't see any issues, like at no. all. I'll keep liking the way you are. I don't mind. I mean look at me.
3: <laughs> you see her, you see her eyes begin to tear. And though you've never seen a bug cry before, you have now.
2: Oh, I try to get um does it have like like a towel or something? I mean cuz we are like on a
0: Oh yeah, yeah, we'll say there's some rotted towels and stuff.
2: Oh, no, 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 I want one that's not, like, rotten, you know? Like a semi-clean...
0: You know what, let's see. Yeah, there's there's one, it was sprayed with uh, one of those infomercial sprays, and it somehow has remained perfect <laughs> condition this entire time.
2: Okay. I grab that one, and then just give it to her,
3: like, to her claw. Stretch your yeah, arm. Yeah, stretch my arm, <laughs> and... It's okay and she takes it in her little pincer claws and like dabs at her eyes very daintily for such a massive bug. (laughs) Then she hands it back to you and she transforms back into the girl you're used to.
4: let's investigate this.
0: Allison, mark a potential and uh on your next roll, you can get a plus 1 because you're you're feeling good. You for the first time since the TV show, you showed someone who you really are and they accepted you. Yay. Are two uh, involuntarily teenagers.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you walk into this dilapidated
4: town? I think we should investigate.
3: Yeah, yeah. She puts the uh, the disc shrinks, and she attaches it once again to her bracelet. Thank you for helping me. Uh, oh. At the pool. Of course. And they start walking into town.
0: As you walk through this town, uh, the odd neon sign buzzes and comes to life while you're going through bits of arcane energy actually still glow as it drags itself back on you can see it these little tendrils moving throughout the signs you see spots where people must have actually tied up animals instead of parking vehicles and you see the odd sign mostly faded away but you catch like advertisements on products that you've never heard of as you march along as uh, something catches your eye, you see in the middle of the road that you're walking on is a large suit of armor standing in the middle of the street. Moss has grown over it, and the moisture in the air has begun to rust its form. It takes a second for you to recognize, but you realize this is the Iron Champion, one of the first heroes, a uh, synth who was originally designed for combat, but gained sentience and wished to help and rescue the people of Silindia. They've been missing for the last 15 years, and it was said they went off to go fight in a big battle, but they were just never seen from again.
2: Like, does it have, like, an opening or something?
0: Uh, It just looks like it's a large suit of, like, fully enclosed armor, and it's just kind of, like, standing, a little hunched.
2: So, and it doesn't have, like, any sort of opening that I could get through? You could go check it out if you want. So I want to, like, I'm curious...
3: Is there an oil can anywhere nearby?
0: <laughs> no, you don't see any any oil cans. Coming up closer, it like you could see the marks of damage on the armor. It looks like the synth had must have fought something before it ended up here. And you see scrawled on its chest written in strange arcane writing, what has 88 keys? cannot open a single door a keyboard as you say a keyboard its chest glows a little bit and starts opening up and you see inside there's all the wires and gears and there's these empty magical reservoirs that that would power the synth but they've been completely drained and you see just floating inside there is a small pick like a guitar pick And it's giving off a radiant white glow. Should I pick that?
3: Um... Hmm... I don't know. I was wondering if I could somehow... Can I do, like, whatever the equivalent of an investigation check is to determine,
0: uh... that'd be, like, an assess the situation.
3: Yeah, can I assess the situation to determine whether it's possible to repair the synth? Uh,
0: Roll a plus on your superior. Remember, you get the plus one from when you were talking to Pink Bubblegum. Nine. So on a seven to nine, you can ask uh, one question. What here can I use to whatever you want to do, what here's the biggest threat, what here's the greatest danger, who here's the most vulnerable to me, How could best end this quickly. So I guess you could say, what here can I use to, you want to like, resurface this armor?
3: Yes. Uh,
0: you look around this area, and you do find one shop that looks like it was specifically geared towards more automotive things. It looks very old-timey, you don't recognize any of the cars that it shows it must be like these ancient first model magical vehicles that people tried to use, but you do find there is uh, some stuff in there to work on these machines so you might be able to use something in there to help you out
3: okay, and I'd also like to use my alien tech skill sure to try to improvise something to I guess restart this armor or bring it back
0: you you find that there's like the the tiniest amount of arcane energy in one of these batteries. And you bring it over, and uh, Pink Bubblegum, you're watching as Allison is just deftly working uh, quickly, taking some pieces out, replacing them, and hooking up this battery so it's kind of like sticking out of the chest. And do either of you take that pick?
3: I don't. I...
2: Am I drawn to it? You know, like, is it something that... Mm. It would like
0: you're not drawn to it. It looks like it might be
4: magical in nature, but that's about all you know.
2: So I just asked Allison, um
4: Do you think that maybe that pick is actually like draining the battery? I mean, or maybe it has like depleted the battery at some point and maybe we should remove that, or do you want just to leave it there?
3: Uh, she looks up, she's been focused on repairing this, so she's kind of, like, half listening to your question. And she kind of sh- shrugs and says, uh, mm, Yeah, I I have no idea. Like, it could be. I mean, I've never seen anything like it, but, I mean, what, I, what do you think? Is, like, if you take it, is it going to, like, explode or something? Like, I wouldn't think so
4: if it explodes i can just form you know like i know something around it so if it explodes i I can do my best you know to prevent the explosion to actually expand right i mean i can i can try it Uh, Mm -hmm.
3: yeah i mean maybe it summons like a really wicked guitar (laughs) you know you know like girls like guys who play guitar something to think about that's true
2: so I, I just reach out and uh, I sort of like form, like it generate. I don't know, like an orb around uh, like the pick. Um, Make a bubble yeah. out of your bubble gum, <laughs> and <laughs> then I just pull it.
0: Yeah, it, and it does, it seems fine. Like when you you get like a little bit of like energy coming from it, like kind of rippling through you, kind of like if like you had your hand on one of those uh, one of those static orb things that makes your hair go on end. Mm-hmm. But like that's about that's about it. Like you you feel okay, Allison. You just finish working on this machine, and it begins to power up faintly. You watch the eye start to slowly spark, and you hear this sound of something turning
3: on. Hello. Why are you Uh, like. I don't know. We, like, fell through the ground. I don't even know where here is. Be careful. Where are we? We are at the beginning. Beginning of what? Okay, yeah, that's not cryptic. Um... Are you okay? What happened to you?
4: My inner, inner energy was running low.
3: And I showed up here.
0: I was drawn to
3: here but you look like you were in a fight. Yes. I just fought Tyrannosaurus David. Oh. I... Yeah, I don't think I've seen that vid. Yeah.
4: I mean, wh- when... when did you, like, turn off? When did your batteries, um, uh, run out? You could
0: hear, like, uh, the sounds of, like, the machine humming. I... Turned
4: down at 3051, December 25th. How long? So,
0: you know, that that's pretty much, uh, it's like maybe 15 and a half years ago around the time when, when they went missing.
4: Hmm. But we just solved
3: one mystery. Can you make it out of here? Like, can you, are you able to fly? I don't know if you do fly. I confess you're like a little bit before my time. But, like, my my dad was a huge fan. Scanning.
0: And it, you see it's, like, doing, you see, like, a little beam go over, that's it. it's just looking at itself.
2: I have received too much damage. My energy is running
4: low. So
2: I show him, like, the pick.
4: Do you know what that is? It was inside of you. I found it. And you, like, stored inside your body? Yes. For a hero, 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 hero. What hero? The drum beckons. The drum beckons. And
0: it starts powering down.
2: I was going to ask, like, if I could, like, get his motherboard or whatever and store it. Can I do that?
0: You can with Allison's help, because you aren't super good with technology, but seeing what Allison just did... You could probably uh, take out the the main components of this synth and take it with you.
4: Maybe we can reactivate it, right? Because it's uh, technically just like a machine.
3: I mean, maybe. I, Yeah, I would... Maybe. It depends if his memory unit's been corrupted or not, but we could figure that out later. Like... That uh, was kind of sad. Just a quick question. Uh, I believe you said that technology technology here is kind of like 90s tech but with the internet
0: yeah it's it's like around like it's between like 90s and 2000 like uh, you have cell phones they're pretty big there is like the internet's a little more advanced that so people are using it freely but uh, everything relies on magic so things that magic can more easily move forward that's what it really focuses on
3: so would the selfie be a thing <laughs>
0: It could be on your world. I don't think everybody's cell phones are developed that much. But you could have a phone that's a lot more advanced with a camera and stuff, for sure.
3: Okay, yeah, then that would be... You see her pull out a very thin silver rectangle uh, that does not have any buttons on it, or visible buttons. And she holds it up and leans against the Iron Guardian. And there's a bright flash... And then she puts the object away. And I'll ask her.
4: Did you just take a selfie?
3: Yeah, like, cause like I'm not wasn't kidding. My dad is a big fan of this guy. Like, he'll never believe me.
4: I mean, if if we take like the main component, like whatever, like the, the uh, Iron Guard's brain to him, maybe it would be even better. Right? Maybe you can just <sighs>
3: It's like, oh, hey, Dad, here's the brain of your hero. Um, Like, you know, maybe. Um...
4: He's the brain of the hero that you may be able to repair. And uh, maybe he can be your toaster or something. <laughs> <laughs> a sentient toaster.
3: Yeah, I kind of left my backpack up at school, though. So uh, let's see if you can find, like, a bag or anything around here.
0: There is a a large shop uh, showing off these bedazzled fanny packs. There's so many.
3: <laughs> is there one big enough to fit the, uh, I guess CPU, and the memory unit of this?
0: Yeah, they have. Well, they have ones that are made for ogres. They have ones that are made for elves, like halflings, like you name it. They got a size. And for some strange reason, these fanny packs are in great condition. <laughs> you like go to open up the door to the shop, and the door completely comes off and falls. But the fanny packs look great.
3: Okay. So she is going to take a uh, very sparkly silver bedazzled rhinestone fanny pack and start removing components.
0: It doesn't take you very long at all. You're able to get to the core components of the iron defender and you just uh, take these pieces and you have it.
3: Uh, it it's the Iron Defender, not oh, yeah. Iron Guardian. Oh, I, no, it's
0: Iron Guardian. I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, You take pieces of the Iron Guardian. I've written it twice here, and one of them is incorrect.
3: Okay, fair enough. Okay, so that is what she does.
0: So it looks like the, it still goes further in. Like, a, There's a lot of spiraling roads, and uh, the sound of the drums, as you've been walking more into this town, it is starting to get
3: a little louder again. So he said he, like, rose here 15 years ago, and that this was the beginning. Does that, like, mean anything to you?
4: Not at all. I mean, I asked him beginning of what, and he didn't answer me, so I have no idea.
0: You both hear the sounds of a, like, boots sort of scuffing as someone's walking up. Like, they're clearly making their, their presence known you recognize right away who this is this is the an anti-hero who often goes around and they used to be a reporter and then they just started getting more and more into this work and the magics of silindia had warped their form that they now have like a tv for a head and they went by the name of the media maestro and they they record everything they see and then they can play it on their face and they they walk up they have this like this black sort of uh, like leather jacket they have these iron boots that they're walking with they look like they're kind of decked out like they're ready to fight but their hands are in their pockets looking over at you their face turns to static and then like a little clip of this troll woman she uh, looks like a newscaster sitting behind a desk and she looks up and says would you like to know more
3: just a real quick question. Does the um, media maestro also have like a fedora on their head with a little press?
0: Oh, they do now.
3: <laughs>
2: okay.
0: Oh, I do want to know more.
3: Do
2: I recognize him as like a, an anti-hero?
0: Yeah, you know that they play outside the bounds of society. They don't uh, always listen to the rules. They don't always work with the heroes.
2: No, I mean like, do I know him? Specifically, Like, can I recall him? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, do...
0: Uh, yeah, you would have been taught about okay. uh, the medium maestro.
2: So, I, I'm sort of, like, defensive. Um, and I'm like... I, ju- I just, like, whisper to Alice and, like...
4: If he does something, if he, like, makes a move, I'm just going to, like, fry his circuits.
3: Okay, that's that's a good plan B. Um... So she just quickly pulls out her phone again and snaps a picture, and then <laughs> puts it away.
0: You quickly look at the photo, like to make sure it took, and <laughs> that somehow they had posed. And then <laughs> you never I, saw them move. I
3: did. I did like the uh, face <laughs> sign. Yeah. Tell us more, magic box.
0: Their face fizzes, and like the channels flip. And then you see there's this old, wizened halfling. It looks like they're on the set of, like, some super fantasy show. They say,
1: Come with me,
0: I have secrets to show you. And they start walking away. Yeah,
2: I just follow. I just followed a uh, media master.
0: While you're walking, you just strut through more of this town. And more and more, you're seeing these ads... It almost looks like the further you're going into the town, the less destroyed these buildings look. They look like the the quality of them is actually improving as you move along. You start going and you hear the sound of straining metal and you both see this large sign falling towards the media maestro. What do you do?
2: So since he doesn't like he doesn't look like a threat, I try to like move the Like, you know, like, the item away from him.
0: Okay. So, roll to defend. Your favorite skill.
2: Right? The one that I use the most. So I got a nine.
0: You quickly go to try to catch this thing, and unfortunately the sign then comes more towards you. And it hits right onto you. Uh, Mark a condition... Insecure, hopeless, guilty, afraid, or angry as the sign kind of like falls down on you and it hurts.
2: I think I'll be angry just because like I shouldn't be like helping, you know, like supervillains.
0: Yeah. And then you got hurt for it.
2: Yeah, exactly. I I did it just like out of reflex.
0: You have to kind of like squish yourself out from under the sign, but you can thankfully. As you, all three of you, turn around and look at the sign, the media maestro flicks their channels, and it's like this cowboy, and it says, Thanks, partner. And you look down at the sign, and the sign says, Welcome to Geldspar,
4: the last true town. I've ever heard of this city. The
3: first time I heard, I, like, I hear it. I have... Have you ever heard of Geldspar? Like... She just shrugs.
0: Yeah, this is not a, a name that's thrown around. The channels flick once more, and the media maestro says, uh, "You see, there's this reporter, and they say some secrets are often buried, but we're here to figure it out." So start talking. They lead you into this building where all that had happened, and. You, coming into this place, you see scrawlings all over the wall, calculations of the highest gross profits, ways to save money based on changes to infrastructure, and constant quotes about free market competition-driven sales. On the ground you see a golden mask with a dollar billed the glasses over it. You recognize it as the capitalist's old mask back when they were a hero. And You see Media Maestro crouches down near the mask and looks up at you. Their face scrambles again with static, and now it becomes this, like, undead who's, like, lurching. And it says, Would you like to hear a story? Uh,
3: sure.
4: That's why we followed him. Or you...
0: You see, as the channel flicks, it shows the capitalist. She looks much younger, maybe another, like, ten years ago. And you see she's down in this very room, pacing back and forth. You hear her saying, Drums, the drums, the drums. It's too loud in here. And you see she, every so often she goes up to the wall, and she's scribbling something down, like, this... This could help the city if we do this. And then it, like, fast-forwards, and it looks like days have passed, and they're just, like, pacing, and they're getting more frantic, and they're like, why don't these drums end? Why are they so loud? It's like I'm wasting all this time here. I'm wasting the time, and these people above me, they get to live so free, so happy. And then it fast-forwards more, and you're just watching the capitalist... Fall into this pit of madness as the drums are just too loud for them. More and more they sink into this viewpoint that it's the people that they work so hard to save and it's those people that constantly put heroes in dangerous situations. If it wasn't for all these people and all their ridiculous partying and showboating then maybe they wouldn't have this issue and they're ruining the economy with all their their skateboards and well-watered lawns. And they just start getting angrier. And then you start seeing as the video is panning out, there's other heroes here and there that are doing the exact same thing. They're angry and they're pacing and they're shouting about the drums as you're watching as most of this small little entertainment town, this entertainment town of Geldspar, is echoing with heroes hero slowly falling into madness from the sounds of these drums. And then it cuts. And then it goes to what looks like this like your classic neckbeard elf, if an elf could grow a neckbeard. <laughs> and they say you know, well actually it looks like There is some bad to this story.
3: How do you know all this? Yeah.
4: I mean, how were you
0: recording? Their face flickers a few times and it goes to that scene from the
4: Titanic.
0: It's been 84 years.
4: That doesn't actually answer our question? It's been down here for a long time. So he...
2: just... doesn't answer our question.
0: And it, it flickers again to, like, this old-school detective. It's like, sometimes you just have to keep coming back to the scene to really figure out what's going on.
3: Okay, but, like, have you figured out what's going on? Or are you trying to still figure out what's going on? Because...
0: They shake their head, and then they point at a glowing part in pink bubblegum. The pick. And they say... You should go rest at the inn. Like, there's this, uh, person who's standing in front of this beautiful, lavish inn, and they're blocking a part of the name it just says Ease Inn behind them. Come stay at our beautiful inn here at Geldspar, and we will have the best
3: day for you.
4: Should we go to the inn? I
3: guess. Oh, this just is so strange. Trying... Yeah, like, I still don't understand, like, okay, so... Capitalism realizes that capitalism's bad, but then still becomes and stays capitalism rather than changing their name. Like, it just, it's all so weird. I think she was crazy before this. I really do.
4: Maybe the drums cause. Like, no, what?
3: I don't think, it. I think it was something. I think she was just crazy. I mean.
4: Maybe she was just like crazy from the
3: beginning. Yeah, I, I think so. I, anybody who goes that hardcore on capitalism has got a screw loose
4: That's, that makes sense
3: yeah I mean like I guess like she's like late stage capitalism now <laughs> I don't know it just <laughs> <laughs> anyway never mind I'm just I'm rambling so let, yeah let's go check out this uh, Mr. M um, where's this inn
0: they step outside of this this building and then they just like snap their fingers and point down the road.
3: Okay. Well, I mean, I figured you could have found some sort of TV show clip to tell us, but we'll find it. Thank you. Uh, works. It
0: Flicks to Star Wars and they just shout, no! <laughs> and then it flicks back off.
3: <laughs> oh, so ch- cheeky.
0: They just walk back into uh, the house there.
3: Yeah, I think he's got like he's a few numbers short of a full dial there.
4: Yeah. I mean, if he's, like, alone for 15 years, I mean, it probably probably got him crazy as well, right? I mean, it probably affected him.
3: I think he's been down here longer. Like, did he imply 85 years? Like...
4: That was just Titanic, right?
3: Yeah, I, I have no idea. Like, he just... Everything, though, seemed too Means something.
4: What what if he's assuming things?
3: I I guess we'll find out. Do you think he was like created in a lab or like a TV fell on his head and then he got struck by lightning?
4: That's a lot of unfortunate events to happen. Like (laughs) for him to become (laughs) what he is now.
3: I mean, it makes you think though.
4: It does. But it's highly unlikely. I mean, if it's been here, and I haven't seen any food yet, how did he survive?
3: How did he even eat? He's kind of like a TV for a head.
4: I mean, is he powered just like uh, the Iron Garden? Maybe just through arcane power?
3: Could be. I guess that's not really why we're here, but like... Oh, yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, like, if we ever get back to school and I have to do another profile, I'm choosing him.
4: (laughs) He's pretty cool.
3: (laughs) So we will head off down the road towards where he pointed.
0: You walk further down as you're starting to understand what this town is, this town of Geldspar. You see signs where... There's like little help wanted. Now that the things are becoming a lot more clear as you're walking, you see even like some grass is starting to grow as you're going in. And you're seeing that it looks like this place is really put together by so many different cultures, so many different groups came here to make this town. And there's like all the buildings there in so many different styles and you see a few things like you see like a shrine and it says on it like a shrine to the world and there's just so many names scrawled into this massive shrine just constantly everywhere there is a number of flowers growing around it and it just seems to radiate like a positive energy you see that there are all these pictures up around it too of like drawn pictures of people and places, and uh, different things or creatures people miss, you see just near this shrine sitting, like its back is towards you, is a large, purplish grayish furred, six-legged creature. And its tail is swishing back and forth in the sand as it's looking over. It doesn't seem to have seen you.
4: You think like he's dangerous?
3: I have no idea. Like, I was going to ask you if you knew what that was.
4: (laughs) Barely know what I am. Let alone that thing.
3: Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, I could try to sneak past it, or... Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, throw something to distract it, or...
4: I mean, I I can't blend in really easily and uh how how reflective is that um disc like that saucer of yours maybe it will reflect like the environment so it could be like a mirror It can just you know hold it like a shield
3: and just pass through yeah it's not that shiny it's just more like it look like a big silver disc um I mean, I, I could float above it, but then that leaves you kind of exposed.
4: I mean, you can, I, I, I'm, I'm okay. I can just, like, become like a puddle.
0: Just bones and stuff and just sort of slurp
4: around.
2: Yeah. You know, like, just rolling.
4: That, that's fine. I'll be okay.
3: Alright. I'm gonna, I'll be close. Thank you, Allison. So she takes the disc once again from her wrist and hops on it and then levitates up into the air so the, the
0: two of you are going and you're, you're stealthing along this creature is just sort of sitting there and it's like swishing its tail it like looks a little to the side it doesn't see you you see a large yellow eye on the side of its head but its face is the thing that stands out the most What this creature seems to be is a six-legged wolf of some kind, a large one, but its face, there's just this mound of black tentacles pouring forth from it. They're on the ground, there's drool going down them as they're swishing back and forth. Their head is twitching every so often to the side as they're uh, whining a little bit. And the two of you see something that almost makes you mess up. You see hanging around its neck is this name tag, like with a collar and a name tag, and on it says, Buddy, Defender of the People. And you both know that Buddy is a Lycanthrope hero that's been missing just for a year. It used to be just this werewolf that would run around and help out and fight people and uh, always, like, stood for truth and justice like the rest of the good heroes. And one night, they were found trying to leave their headquarters. The security tried to stop them, and they managed to uh, just escape the security and were never seen from ever again. You start moving past Buddy, and Buddy is howling, this strange, echoey howl. ...as you make your way into what appears to be this town square. A lot of the buildings look like they're in okay shape. The, they have some broken windows, maybe a door's unhinged. But there's one that stands out. Right there on the front, this flickering neon sign. It reads loud and clear. Ronnie's Inn. The sound of a drum. Can be heard clearly coming from there. The ground vibrates. A constant boom. A soft glow
4: comes from the door of this inn. Did you did you read like his name tag? It was Buddy.
3: I know. Didn't he like like two years ago? Didn't he like speak to the whole school?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, he seems like. Did you see like the tentacles coming out of his mouth?
3: it was really gross and like we have stuff on my world that would like I, it would turn you white
4: <laughs> i really doubt that <laughs> i have this cost constant color
3: <laughs> but but do you think like no i mean if ronnie's in this couldn't be the ronnie could it like That's too weird, right? Everything
4: is wrong, you know, right?
3: Yeah, that's true. Like, and he, like, died. Like, I was, like, I was, like, watching the show when it happened. Oh, were you? Yeah, it was, like, really bizarre.
4: I just can't remember when it happened.
3: No, well, I was, like, I was, like, we were getting ready to, like, it was, like, the first day of taping for the... Anyway, (laughs) it's not important. Um... But yeah, it's. You just. you like. It's one of those things that you just don't. Like. Don't forget where you were when you found out or like when you saw it.
4: Like I said, I can't recall it, but. I mean, it really. I don't know. It was something that really changed this world, right? I mean, since the world revolves, or the city at least revolves around him, it was a huge event.
3: Yeah, I guess so. But you know, you know people here, they kind of go crazy for things. I mean, look at the corncob pipe thing. I mean, like, what is that? Who thought that was a good idea?
4: Maybe it is like a supervillain that's making those trends.
3: You think? You think that? You think there's like some corporation that's like coming up with trends and then, like, trying to get people and manipulate them through advertising? I mean, that's like so evil.
4: It is very evil.
0: Yeah. You hear that, Earth? <laughs>
4: <laughs> they probably destroyed the environment too. Oh
3: my God! Yeah, that's maybe that's what happened to like everything outside the city.
4: I. Yeah. Sort of makes
3: sense, right? Oh so, um, should we, should we go in?
2: Am I feeling like drawn to Ronnie's inn?
3: You both feel
0: like it's somewhere you want to go the drum is mm-hmm. it's tempting right like when you hear the drum it feels good it feels energizing it feels like I want this often whenever you hear it and the louder it gets the louder that voice is
3: I glance over at the pick is it doing anything
0: it's glowing a bit brighter for sure and the door has the same kind of glow mm. maybe we should
3: investigate I, I think so But I'm going to be sure. So she puts the disc away and then reaches out and the sword materializes in her hand. You know, better safe than sorry. Uh, Should I, I guess I'll go first.
4: Uh, I think
0: we can go together.
3: Yeah. It's
0: like saloon kind of doors. You can kind of push them open.
3: Okay. So we enter together.
0: As you come up to this door, you see there's like a glowing field around this inn and there's one small triangle hole for this pick
2: I take the pick and then insert into the hole
0: it ripples this energy around and this door slowly opens up in front of you of the energy before the actual doors and behind you you can hear this guttural growling As your heads turn and you see, Buddy has launched himself towards you.
2: Can I try to push Allison like away,
0: like into the inn, or where would you like to push Allison?
2: No, just just away from, cause he's bouncing at us, right?
0: Yeah, he's coming from like the way you came. Okay. And you're standing in front of the inn.
4: Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. So I just like saying, Allison, let's let's get inside and. I mean, I don't think we are a match for that thing.
3: Is he? It's in uh, mid leap when we turn around? Yeah. Okay. Also, first, when you finish that, in my head, I, I totally heard roll for initiative. But um, <laughs> Allison drops down to one knee and braces the sword against the ground and points the blade upwards towards the leaping buddy. Okay,
0: uh, roll for directly engaging a threat.
2: Like they did with the horses. Like the pikemen did with the horses, yeah.
3: Yeah. Ten.
0: All right, on a ten plus, pick two. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies. Or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition.
3: I'm going to choose create an opportunity and uh, surprise.
0: So you have this sword ready, and you, as the wolf comes down, Buddy falls onto the sword and yelps. And quickly rolls away, but before they roll away, their tentacles slap onto you, and you get filled with images of this creature just devouring you, devouring Pink Bubblegum, destroying the city as Buddy just grows larger and larger and becomes this monstrosity of tentacles and teeth. And you gain the condition afraid. And now the buddy rolls away, and they're on their side, and you see some of this yellowish icker leaking out of them, and it smells of rotting vegetation. No.
4: Come on, Allison.
0: You can drag Allison back in if you wanted. It would be up to you.
2: I just grab her, like, around her waist, and I don't pull her, like, in a strong. Like, you know but it was just like sort of
4: like leading her come on come on I, I don't think we should be battling that thing
3: she doesn't resist she doesn't fight you she goes with you
0: both of you back up and stumble into the inn as the wall of light closes as Buddy slams into it again and again and again and they just start pacing back and forth in front of this inn as you take a look around You see that inside this inn, you see that there is purple lighting everywhere. There's this little low roll of fog that's coming in. You see black and white checkered floors decorated with Americana-style diner tables, and lavishly overstuffed velvet chairs are sat with them. Your eyes drift towards a bar over to the side. There's lines and lines of alcohol bottles as they vibrate. And you look over to your right where the vibrations are coming from. You see glittering in a golden suit is a person striking a large drum. Their face constantly flickers in static, ever shifting as the sequins reflect the purple light. A large set of smiling teeth are seen through a constant flickering, and the hands continue to bring the drumsticks down again and again. The drum itself looks to be the size of a table. And has stickers all over of Selendia of different heroes and restaurants and advertisements just slapped all over it. And we are going to properly start a combat thing. As we're at the final moment, and I should have done this for the other combat. Team Mechanics, when you enter battle against a dangerous foe as a team, instantly add two to your team pool. So you guys can use these points to help each other for your roles. You just have to basically justify how you would help. hmm um, and let's start off with this. So, who is the leader of the team? Would you say in this situation, like who do you think would be taking the lead?
3: I would say at this point, it would probably be um, uh, Beachy just because she's afraid and she just got pulled inside because she just wanted to fight the wolf. So
0: that makes sense. And I'm just like, angry. Uh, <laughs> does Pink Bubblegum have influence over uh, Allison? I believe you gained it with your heart-to-heart.
3: Yeah, I think so, too. So, I I shift,
2: like, um, so I raise, like, the mundane.
0: Uh, When share vulnerability, market potential. Okay, Okay, no, never mind, you didn't. So, no. That's okay. Does everyone have the same purpose in this fight? You wanna, like, basically you see that the person with the drum is getting ready to attack you.
2: Yeah, like, I want to protect Allison, and I want to survive, and I want to investigate this, like this in, so I think so.
0: you agree, Allison?
3: I think Allison is more of a direct action kind of person. So I think if this thing means to do, I, I guess her method of defense would be to attack. I don't think she cares as much about stopping this thing as much as like defeating it, no matter what the cost.
0: I guess trying to survive, you would want to win the fight too. Pink bubblegum, so that would add another team to your pool. So you have three team. Uh, do you, Allison, do you mistrust pink bubblegum at all? No. And is your team ill prepared or off balance?
3: No, I'm. I think Allison is off balance. Okay. Because so she got basically yanked into this, and she just had that vision.
0: So we start off this battle with two in the team pool. You can add these two points to, uh, well, like one at a time, of course, to any of these roles to help each other. So starting off, you see this person, they start just hitting this drum harder and harder, and it starts making you a little bit dizzy. And this wave, this shock wave comes out towards the two of you. What would you like to do?
3: Is the shockwave in the air or on the ground?
0: On the ground. Okay. It's like a ripple throw.
3: Can I jump on
2: top of, like, maybe a table and just... So, is this shockwave, like, threatening? Does it look like I'll get hurt?
0: Yeah, it looks it.
2: So, uh, can I just try to jump, like, on top of, like, a table or something? Sure. Yeah, I'll uh, try to do
3: that. I was gonna hop on my disc, okay, and float, and then I can't carry two people with it. But is there any way I could just lift him up momentarily until the shockwave passes?
0: Yeah, you can roll to defend, and then maybe like he'll he'll leverage with you, and you lift up.
3: Okay. Yeah. Then I'll do that.
0: So that's plus savior. It's the most popular move. is.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I rolled a five. So
0: you go to help Pink Bubblegum, and Pink Bubblegum's, like, standing on this table and grabs to get onto your disc with you. And you forgot that it, just how awkward it is trying to balance this with two people, and it kind of veers. And you feel like you're already terrified, you're clinging to this disc, The shockwave comes through. You actually see Pink Bubblegum get flung backwards from uh, you trying to help them and uh, mark guilty as you watch. Pink Bubblegum like, splat near where all the alcohol bottles are. And you so this shockwave goes through, a lot of the alcohol is destroyed, tables and chairs are flipped, and you see this smile just keeps going on this being as their face is just static and flickering, constantly changing. They start like drumming up really quickly, and you watch as these little psychic birds start flying towards all of you. So remember, you can go as as wild as you want. Like, if you, Pink Bubblegum, wanted to, like, super stretch your arm to, like, try to grab the drum, or, like, you could, like, just make stuff up by all means, like, use your powers.
3: How many birds are there? I mean, is it, like, something I can maneuver around, or is it, like, a wall of birds?
0: Uh, it's, like, there's, like, eight birds.
3: Okay. I'd like to zoom towards the drum and then take my sword, pierce the drum, and slice it.
0: Okay. I would say that would be directly engage a threat. Do
3: I have to declare I'm using a team point before I roll or after?
0: Uh, so that would be pink bubblegum would have to declare that. And then you'd have to figure out how pink bubblegum could help you in this situation.
3: I see. Okay. I see how it works. would he he have to do it before or after i roll
0: you can do it after you roll that's that's totally okay yeah okay so you can roll it figure it out and then decide if you want to add a team point
3: okay that would be an eight
0: okay so even if you added a team point it would still be at a nine so
3: yeah even with the minus two i got i got i rolled a 10 so
0: so i'm taking it you're aiming for take something from them
3: yeah i'm going to take the drum or destroy it really
0: So you go to pierce down, and it doesn't seem to actually pierce from the drum, like your sword slips a little bit, but you manage to kind of use it like a hockey stick instead, and you just slap this drum away from this person, and their smile turns into a frown as they look frantic. Their face starts flickering into all sorts of forms as they are reaching out towards you, and they take one of their drumsticks and they hit down onto your disc and sparks start flying from it as it crashes down to the ground and you hit down to the ground. Pink Bubblegum, you see there's slowly this like little tear is in the back of the stage and it looks like it's like a, like a portal. It's like slowly starting to open up more and something is coming through that's trying to drag the drum.
2: I take the drum. Okay, can, can I reach the drum?
0: Yeah, you can can try to, like, rush through the birds to get to the drum.
3: Or you can... Can't can't you super stretch and gear up the, uh...
0: Yeah, you definitely could. Yeah. You got stretchy abilities.
3: That's that's
2: what I was thinking of doing. Then I would just, like, engulf, uh, like, the drum to prevent whatever is, like, on the other side of that portal to, to get the drum.
0: Roll to unleash your powers, plus freak.
2: Oh, yeah. So I got 12... In total,
0: you reach through, grabbing this drum and rip it back. And as you like, rip the drum away, the birds just kind of like dissipate into nothingness. And you just engulf it with your whole body. It doesn't feel good being in you. Like, it feels like everything in you is saying, This is wrong. Like, you shouldn't have this. You shouldn't even be touching this. Like, it just feels wrong in so many ways. And now you see it too, Allison. The tear is starting to form a little bit larger at the end of the stage, and there's little wispy hands that are starting to reach out for where the drum was.
3: Is there a jukebox in here?
0: Yes, 100%.
3: Does it have power? Ah, uh, yep. I want to try to alter the jukebox and try to change it into something to close the portal.
0: Okay. So... Uh, I'd say unleash your powers.
3: Uh, That's a five.
0: So you quickly scurry over to this jukebox. You slam your sword into the ground and start messing with it. You take out a few gadgets that you've already had on your person and start quickly trying to modify this. Your people have dealt with portals before, and portals are not super uncommon to Selindia either. You start trying to mess with it, and you quickly slam on to play one of the songs to make it start going and you aim the energy that it blasts out towards the portal. And then you see it hit there, the person in the golden suit stumbles back off the stage, falling to the ground, and you watch as the portal just completely opens up. Ripping through it, you watch as a very, very, very old looking dwarf walks through. They're leaning heavily, on a staff. Their golden arms are cracked, and sands are falling from them. They look at you with completely white eyes, a long white beard, thinning hair on top, and they start walking in. What do you two do?
3: Does the dwarf look malevolent?
0: No, they just look very tired and, if anything, a little sad.
3: I'm going to take up my sword and sort of ready it in a defensive position, but I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to wait.
2: Yeah, I'll just stand by uh, Allison.
0: So you quickly move over in bubblegum over to Allison in like a defensive position as this drum is inside of you. You watch this dwarf move over to this quick staticky flickering person. They slowly kneel down you can hear their bones kind of crack as they put a hand onto their shoulder you can see they're whispering something and the person in the golden suit just kind of looks down and the dwarf just pats his arm and helps him up and then looks over at the two of you they just kind of motion to you pink bubblegum and you can feel the drum vibrating inside of you
2: Does it look like you want the drum?
0: It looks like it.
2: Can I uh, assess the situation? Yes. Forget it. I got a four.
0: Shoot. Yeah. You're just flustered from all that's happening, and the drum inside you is making you feel almost nauseous, and this isn't a feeling you've felt, at least since you've woken up. And you can see flashes of Doug from Bubble and Gum the CEO pushing you you feel yourself falling and falling into this vat of pink and you can mark you can mark insecure as you start just not understanding what's going on and feeling uneasy and this drum inside you is just now vibrating
2: do you think that if I sort of like sling um this drum into the porto. do you think, like, these two creatures would leave us alone?
0: They might. They don't seem hostile, I'll say that much. After the drum's been taken away, the other one doesn't seem hostile, they look defeated.
3: Allison holds her sword out in front of Pink Bubblegum, sort of, like, blocking him, and also sort of as if protecting him. And she looks at the dwarf and says, Who are you? Someone who
2: has the obligation to save this dead weight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and his voice echoes out.
3: From what? From who? Like, who are you? From himself. He's pure chaos. Um, okay, okay, um, again. Who are you? I
2: am and was. I become and then I retreated. So I'm time and nothing. But I went by the name of Bordon. I still do. I mean, it has been so long and I'm so tired. Dying is a never ending thing.
3: <sighs> Tell me about it. And you've never been on a reality show. Okay. So this is the Ronnie? Like the one I watched die? So he's the one
2: that survived. He's the last Ronnie. Of all Ronnies, is amazing creature wonderful friend is the one that survived by the way I was being sarcastic horrible person
3: um,
0: <laughs> this old ancient dwarf just shaking his head <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay so is this like some sort of like multiverse thing and there are like Ronnie's all the way down
2: not anymore Technically speaking, is. Yes.
3: Oh. Oh. This place seems even weirder now. Um. Alright, and why do you want the drum?
2: I need a drum to defeat. As a tough.
3: What. What happens to us if you take this drum?
2: Nothing. We need this drum. I mean, it will probably. You guys probably heard this drum all over the place, right? Yeah. So it it is sort of like a strong catalyst for Ronnie. So me he may have screwed up this world, his world. You think? Because it's sort of it's not like insane. It's just Ronnie. I need to take it back. It's we need its power. And we need to contain its power. And we need Ronnie back. Even though, like, it hurts me a lot to say that, he is, is the, like, the last hope for, like, this, like, all dimensions to not crumble. I need, I need the, I need
3: to Roni back. Okay. We will. Give you the drum on one condition. I'm ready to hear it. I get to take a selfie with the two of you because nobody is going to believe this. What's a selfie? It's a picture. You'll be fine. It'll be two seconds. It won't hurt, I promise. Sounds
2: good, okay? I mean, it's a fair trade. A drum for a picture. Do you, you want in on this, BG? And then I just. Like B G, just you know, yeah, thumbs up. I mean, why not?
0: So the four of you gather as you hold up this phone. You take a picture, and your phone starts overloading. There's something going wrong with it. Every one of your photos starts just becoming all no, cover no, albums no, no, of.
4: No! No! No!
0: It becomes cover albums of all Ronnie's (laughs) latest things. And you're like, no, 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 no. And you're going through. And then you look up and the drum, the old dwarf, and the last Ronnie are gone. And a little semblance of peace has returned back to Silindia.
1: Bet you didn't see that one coming, did you? Already had it written here in my book, so I'm not even surprised. That's right, I know more than I let on. That's old wing-over-famous number. Oh yes, I know a few things that are happening in this tale, dear travellers. But it's quite interesting. This drum. What could it all mean? Why were the heroes drawn to the drum? What was that city that was underneath the city, and why did all the heroes get driven to villainy? So many questions, dear travellers, but the answers are lost to the great streets of Salindia. But don't worry, we're going to be joining our dear Death Shift before you know it. If you want to help support the show, travellers, head on over to our Patreon. It's only a dollar a month and you get access to all sorts of audio goodies and help support the show and pay for hosting and all that good stuff that costs uh, a fair pretty penny. And if you'd like, every Tuesday at 6.30, we have a show called Rise of Nyarlathotep that we run on Twitch and YouTube. We also have our episodes that are up on the YouTubes, and there are recaps that are both audio and written on our website. Go check that out. It's a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. And we have a lot of Easter eggs from this campaign that are showing up in that campaign. All right, travelers. I don't want to keep you, so I will let you go. It has been a pleasure. And now I have to get rid of that thing outside the door. Anyway, travelers, I bid you all adieu.